Welcome to Alumni College, Classes Without Quizzes. This class, Immigration Debate, Three Competing Models, is taught by Dr. Peter O'Brien. Peter O'Brien is Professor of Political Science at Trinity University. He's the author of Beyond the Swastika, a study of the impact of the legacy of the Holocaust on post-war German immigration policy, The Muslim Question in Europe, Political Controversies and Public Philosophies, and European Perceptions of Islam and America, from Saladin to George W. Bush, Europe's Fragile Ego Uncovered. He's also an author of many articles on European views of non-Europeans, Islamophobia, and Europhobia. Professor O'Brien received his Ph.D. from the University of Wisconsin-Madison and has been Social Science Research Council Fellow at the Free University in Berlin and Fulbright Professor at Boazici University in Istanbul and at the Humboldt University in Berlin. Subjects that Dr. O'Brien taught include Introduction to Political Philosophy, Political Economy, European Politics, Power and Knowledge, and Contemporary Political Thought. Ladies and gentlemen, Professor O'Brien. So, hi, welcome back. Uh, <clears throat> feel like you're back in class, right? Uh, some of my friends, I've never left the university, right? So, I, um, and uh, when I get together with my friends from my alma mater, Kalamazoo College, I always say, oh, you're so lucky you get to keep talking about all these great ideas and everything. So, I think this is a, a nice program that to, to have you guys come and get back in the, I, uh, the swing of, of taking classes again, but without quizzes, of course. And, and there'll be none, to, <laughs> no quiz today. So, <clears throat> uh, my remarks are, are based on my most uh, recent book, this one, four of the copies up here, if you want to purchase one. <laughs> uh, and it says, The Muslim Question in, in Europe. Okay, so obviously it deals with uh, Muslims in Europe, but uh, I want to focus on the United States, uh, <clears throat> because that's where we are right now. Uh, and I want to focus on diversity in general, the kind of diversity that comes from immigration. And I understand immigration uh, in both an immediate sense and a very, very long historical sense. So yeah, lots of people who want to come to the United States right now who are, or have recently come, but also the big immigrations of the past, the Europeans who came to the United States, uh, they brought diversity, right, uh, uh, to uh, the United States that was mainly populated by Native Americans. They brought slaves to the United States, uh, huge, huge numbers of slaves that brought uh, <clears throat> diversity to the United States. Okay, so <clears throat> I understand immigration and diversity as almost kind of a similar, <clears throat> the same, same thing. And now, just to set the context of this, it's generally for, for the, the most, until about a decade ago, most scholars saw the United States as a place that was more friendly towards immigrants. Uh, that was a place that had a long experience with immigration. And this boils down in many respects to, uh, it, it's easier for Americans to handle the hyphenated American, the Italian American, the Latino American, the African American. By contrast, in Europe has had a much harder time uh, they say, much shorter experience with immigration, and therefore it's much more difficult for them to accept the idea of a Turkish German, uh, of an African German, for instance. Uh, even though these guys are superstars on the national you know, team, uh, nevertheless, it's, it's more difficult for them to accept that kind of 
of, of, of identity. They see Germany as for the Germans, France for the French, Italians for the Italians, right? They're ethno-nationalists in that sense. Uh, <clears throat> one language, one identity. Uh, but what's happened is that demographers have found out that actually the United States is not that different anymore from especially Western Europe. They have large, large numbers of immigrants. Uh, <clears throat> and so we don't really stand out as having really this, uh, maybe, maybe the longer experience of immigration, but we don't have a much, much larger number of, of immigrants uh, in any clear way. <clears throat> and so scholars have started to argue that really this old distinction between the friendly America, America friendly to immigration, Europe less friendly uh, or unfriendly to immigration is no longer wrong, right, and they're starting to argue that <clears throat> Europeans are accepting of immigration much more, and in fact, Europe is becoming extremely, extremely diverse. Now, the problem with this thesis, though, is that the United States, we have a lot of evidence to suggest that the United States is becoming much more unfriendlier, right, towards uh, immigrants, um, <clears throat> and in a way that doesn't, you know, the United States just fits right in with these general polls that show people are concerned that there are too many immigrants. Or like this one classic uh, anti-immigrant uh, notion is to exaggerate the number of, of immigrants uh, in, in the country. Uh, <clears throat> but we don't seem to exaggerate too much more differently, right, than, uh, and we certainly, in this case, actually exaggerate more, get it wrong more often than uh, people in, in Europe. Uh, <clears throat> so, so what's going on there? Uh, <clears throat> we also, of course, they had their anti-immigrant parties and have had them for a long time. And, you know, the United States didn't have one, but now we have a clearly anti-immigrant president, right? Uh, and, and so, again, that distinction is breaking down. <clears throat> and so, what I argued in my book, um, and I will try to suggest to you today, is that, <clears throat> yes, the United States and Europe are coming together in terms of immigration and the politics of immigration, but it's not coming together through some kind of moral consensus about what's the best way to handle immigration and the diversity that stems from it. Rather, what we're seeing in <clears throat> both places is enormous discord conflict, political tension <clears throat> over how best to deal with diversity. So the lack of consensus. And so uh, I argued in the book, and I'll argue here in relation to the United States today, that there are kind of three competing ethical, moral, philosophical models um, that uh, are competing with one another here. I call them assimilation, integration, and uh, a separatism. Now, I want to use, and I did in my book, and I'll try to use it here today, the notion of uh, <clears throat> philosophical generosity. And so I'm actually going to ask you to come up with the reasons for why these models make sense. And uh, what I want to do is try to be generous, try to say, what are good reasons, right? Not just the sinister reasons, oh, a bunch of racists, you know, or <laughs> something. Uh, but because the people who support these different models actually don't see themselves in these evil, sinister ways. They think they have good reasons. 
And in my book, I actually went back and looked in the history of philosophy, and I was able to find really serious philosophers who would appear in any history of you know, Western philosophy book, and I would find, you know, I could find people who supported each of these positions. I could also find post-war serious scholars and philosophers who supported each of these positions, okay? So what I, that's what I'd like to do today with you is to talk more about each model, but ask, see if we can come up with some positive reasons. Let's start with assimilation. So what does that model basically argue? It says newcomers are welcome as equals on condition that they adopt the dominant culture of the land that they are immigrating to. Um, <clears throat> and if not, then these foreigners must either leave or live as second-class citizens with fewer rights and, and privileges. <clears throat> now, what could be a good reason for that? Any ideas? Yes. Good. Keeping the character of the country. Yes. Yes. Good. Excellent. You guys, I don't even... <laughs> I don't even need to go through it. We've got it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you meant by keeping the character of the country intact, right? Anything else anyone can see? Right? Good. I want to keep it, right? Yes? That's excellent, you guys. Amazing. I kept this great. Here they come, right here. Uh, so... Uh, the only one, the only one we missed was that that assimilation affords an extraordinary opportunity to succeed for the immigrants. Right? You come here, you learn English, you are going to do better. Right? And if you adopt the norms and, uh, and values of the dominant culture, this is what employers are expecting you to do, and this kind of thing. So, um, but otherwise, yeah. Here's the the kind of uh, I call it the social glue. I think that's what you're kind of referring to there. And this idea that uh, some kind of homogeneity, ethnic, religious, uh, perhaps even racial, is necessary to uh, <clears throat> the social fabric, right? Uh, and so we've had some studies, for instance, that have shown uh, that countries with higher levels of ethnic diversity, uh, people in those countries are actually less willing to pay the taxes necessary to maintain, say, a pretty generous welfare state. Because right? they think they don't identify with the people who are getting the money, right, or getting the services, sorry, of, of the welfare. There's also concern that people who don't identify very strongly with the country, if they, need, if they needed to serve in the military, would not uh, serve with as much loyalty. Uh, there's lots of arguments. I have to go through these pretty fast because I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my, my, my uh, clock here because I don't want to shortchange any one of the three models. So. Uh, we have to get to the next two. Uh, so this one right here that Michelle, I can see her name, uh, came up with is uh, often called the community of destiny argument. Uh, and that is that a, a community that has a history deserves to continue having that history. You might think of it in terms of like my, uh, that the, the great grandfather, uh, no, I gotta put it the other way, the, the great grandson ought to be able to live in a country that looks a lot like the great that of his great-grandfather, right? 
uh, it shouldn't be so significantly changed, and you can think of different ways in which it would be changed, language perhaps, or religion, architecture. The people who argue for assimilation come up with lots of reasons uh, to want to prevent change. Um, but uh, one of their favorite notions is this idea of, I don't want to become a foreigner in my own land. I don't want to feel like a foreigner in my own land. You know, so it's the kind of, this is America, speak English, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, now a major question here is assimilate to what? And so, uh, <clears throat> here is one of those authors, Samuel P. Huntington, famous, famous Harvard professor, uh, made this argument that the core culture of America is white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, um, <clears throat> and that we were threatened by the Hispanization of the United States, for instance. Uh, but there have been other bestsellers along this line, um, <clears throat> but they tend to go with this idea that there's, some, there's too much change happening as a result uh, of, of immigration. Uh, but that, 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 what's the question then? Assimilate to, to what? And if it is white Anglo-Saxon Protestantism, then what does that say for the uh, people who are brown, right? The people who are, are black, uh, the people who are not Protestant? Do they have to then live the second class uh, existence, right? Second class citizen existence and not have the same uh, uh, rights? Just to show you that same thing is happening in Europe. Uh, there's a, a, a photograph from, from Greece. So, uh, let's turn for a moment to integration, okay? So, integration rests on the idea, ultimately, that it's good to have people of different cultures and, and, and uh, <clears throat> different religions and races coming to live uh, uh, together. And really what it ultimately comes down to, there are different theories of integration, but what it also ultimately comes down to is an emphasis that rights should be granted on the basis of personhood rather than nationhood. Your passport shouldn't matter. If you reside, wherever you reside, long term, and of course there's discussions about that. Some people say five years, some people say five months only, and say only tourists should be excluded from this. But if you're residing someplace, you ought to have the same rights as anyone else residing there, regardless of how you got there, regardless of what religion you practice, regardless of what language you speak, uh, and the like. Okay? So that is the core idea behind integration. Give me some reasons why that makes a lot of sense. Excellent. By the way, we should have had a quiz in here because there's an all gain rate answers. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, uh, yeah, good, good. It's, uh, the, the, the argument I mentioned here is good for business or good for, for the economy. Yeah, and way in the back. Unbelievable. This Trinity student, you're all, are you all Trinity students? Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Is, is what, on this? Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they weren't in a position to demand assimilation from the Europeans, right? Uh, but... Uh-huh. Well, hang on, there's another option coming. Okay, there, there, there is another, there's another option coming. Okay, so, uh, uh, so right, obviously this is welcome, welcome as many immigrants uh, as we can, uh, as refugees, asylum seekers, uh, and the like. So here come your arguments. It's amazing. All humans are of equal worth. Not necessarily. You, you don't have to argue that from a Judeo-Christian value. You can also uh, lots of different ways to, to make that argument. They all, all deserve equal uh, uh, treatment. Uh, you Back here you said, no wait, somebody else said culture enriches us, right? Uh, I mean, just think of the really prosaic example of food. Oops. Uh, here is some nice diversity uh, thing. Uh, but would you really want to just have to eat that all the time? I mean, you know, uh, my goodness. Uh, so, so the argument is that cultural difference brings in all this wonderful en enrichment. You mentioned business. Hey, take a look here. Uh, that 10% of the richest 400 Americans are immigrants. Immigrants are twice as likely to be entrepreneurs. Uh, and so, obviously, immigrants pay taxes. Uh, but this this notion that we uh, have uh, a, uh, a lot of enrichment that comes from diversity. Uh, and uh, so, but the big question that integration faces, you know, if, if assimilation faces assimilation to what? Integration is, because they often use the metaphor of a mixed salad, right? Instead of assimilation, they say a melting pot. Everyone melts in and becomes all looks like, look like uh, wasp Americans, I guess. Uh, in the end. But the mixed salad, right, you can tell there's a tomato, there's a carrot, there's a green pepper. Um, but what holds that mixed salad together, right? What is the dressing on the mixed salad? So what is the dressing of integration? Any ideas that you would have? What is there some kind of you know, core values or something that would try to you say, Everyone at least has to accept this, or do this, or whatever, yeah. Patriotism. What kind, how, in what form? Okay. Uh, and you don't, you have no problem with that being, what, what, what if, uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, a uh, I, I, love of the country you live in. So would it mean like being willing to do some service for it or sacrifice something for it perhaps or okay, okay, I, I, I yeah? Uh-huh. Did you want to say something? Well, <laughs> okay, <laughs> actually, these are two answers that philosophers give very, very uh, frequently, and the most famous answer given by a German philosopher named Jürgen Habermas actually combined the two and called it constitutional patriotism. 
he was too afraid that patriotism would be linked to an ethnic group. And so he said, but if you are loyal to the Constitution, and we're talking about democracies here, uh, then that is the, that's the salad that holds the thing together. So you, you can worship the way you want, you can speak whatever language you want, but you must abide by the Constitution of the land, the laws of the land. Um, <clears throat> uh, and if you don't, then that's when uh, you violate in a way where your rights can be uh, taken away or, or, or diminished. Uh, <clears throat> but exactly what that entails, of course, is, is, is complicated, uh, <clears throat> but that usually is the kind of answer that is given. Now, with uh, a separatism, I, I wanted to put this map out from demographers because I think you will generally hear less about separatism from politicians, certainly from official governments. Um, uh, but I do think that it actually is being practiced in the United States more uh, than uh, perhaps the rhetoric would suggest. You can see here, these are clusters of different um, ethnic uh, groups. <clears throat> and uh, now, what, what does separatism uh, mean? Okay, so separatism says that each significant group, obviously you cannot do this for every tiny little group, but if it's a relatively significant group in terms of size of its population, it ought to have its own domain, its own zone, you might call it, that it controls, in which it has independence. It makes its own laws, right? Um, now, okay, this can be a whole region, and actually some people worry that might lead to secession, right? Uh, but, uh, but it also could be, say, an area of a city, uh, an, a neighborhood that has a preponderance, say, of Latinos in it. That neighborhood should be controlled by Latinos. They should control the schools. They should control this, the, uh, you know, what their, their kids are studying. They should control the police. Big, big, big issue for that uh, separatist. Um, and uh, so what they see is not integration, but kind of a modus vivendi, right? You figure out a way to live more next to each other than with each other. You might interact at times, but you have no, you're not expecting that you're going to love each other, right? Or you're going to feel enriched by the other one's culture. So you live pretty separately from each other. Another way to think of it is a truce, right? You just, just I've got my turf, you've got your turf, uh, you stay over there and I'll, I'll stay over here. Um, so, uh, what might be some reasons that that makes sense? Okay, okay. Maintain your cultural identity, although with integration that should be possible, right? If integration works the way it does, but I think that's a good point. Yeah, you, do you want to say something? Uh-huh. Yeah, and why would they want to? Yeah, okay. Okay, okay. Now, they, they can, and, uh, uh, yeah, you haven't said anything. Excellent, excellent. I don't have that one up there, but it's actually good. So, uh, 
Yeah, and that's the reason for the independence and, and control. Only we understand the issues and the problems of our community, uh, and therefore we ought to be the ones making the, the decisions on how to deal with it. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Uh, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, 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 right. Uh-huh. That's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem, right? That's good. That's going to be a problem. Yeah, way in the back. Oh, I love it. Okay. Uh, excellent. They sometimes will talk, separatists will sometimes call, talk about safe spaces. Safe spaces. Uh, with, with, uh, and they need to be spaces for only them, right? Uh, one more? Do we have in here someplace? Oh, uh, let's. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you. Uh, you would carve out that money. That money stays in the district, right? Yeah. Okay. Excellent question. So, uh, so I'm you. You've gone through some of the reasons, uh, but you, this is the one that you're 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 hitting on, right? Separate. Can separate be equal and truly independent, or if they're separate and unequal, uh, then that's a problem for separatism, right? Uh, but some of the reasons you've already mention them that you have uh, cultures or cultural perspectives that simply there's no room for compromise. Uh, they see the world so differently uh, that they simply cannot compromise and, and see the, 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 the mutual enrichment that we were talking about with immigration. This also often has a lot to do with history, with a bad long history, uh, say, of U European colonialism, right, of white people dominating uh, people of, of color for a long time, centuries, uh, and they say, you know, we just can't get over it in a, <laughs> in a couple of decades. Uh, and we, you know, we don't, uh, we don't trust you. We don't, uh, you know, the discrimination against us is so institutionalized. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that all white uh, people are uh, themselves racist, but the institutions, uh, they always talk about institutional racism, it's kind of embedded in our institutions, uh, not only this long history, right, slavery, this kind of thing, uh, of the domination of people of color by, by white people. But So they're not optimistic that, in, that, that cooperating with white people is going to lead in that direction. Cold War, right, all the, the uh, willingness to tolerate dictatorships in Latin America during the Cold War. Um, and kind of the, the whole issue, right, that People of color simply aren't as important, uh, and we're never going to be included as quite so uh, important, right? Uh, so we, 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 we've got to create our own space and our, control our own lives, uh, <clears throat> okay? So uh, Malcolm X is probably the most prominent uh, theorist uh, here or activist. 
in regards to uh, separatism, but the Chicano movement has separatists uh, among them, idea that they should control this part of the country, um, <clears throat> what they call uh, Otsland. So, uh, we, the, the problem though is this whole separate but equal, right? We go back to the American Indians. They, obviously, it has been practiced with the notion of reservations, um, but uh, the, the problem is getting real equality between the different uh, uh, groups. And of course, it's a big issue with the whole Brown versus Board of Education. We had separate schools for blacks and whites, but were they really equal? The Supreme Court found that they could not be separate and equal. And then finally, can this modus vivendi, living more next to each other without liking each other, can it really can it peacefully survive, or is it always going to deteriorate into violence and into into you know the, the, where does the, where the turfs meet right and that people are going to conflict with one another and so it's a recipe for for violence. Um, uh, so uh, that's th those are the three, and we have I think one minute. <laughs> uh, but a lot of you have, have spoken up. I know someone in the back had a, had a hand up. Yes, good. Another way to put it. That's why that independence is so important. All sep serious separatists want independence for their separate uh, uh, community, however you might uh, define that. Michael Fisher is going to give the call of when we stop, <laughs> because he's next. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. And uh, so that's why uh, uh, many people think it can't work, because you, you, you have to start at an equal uh, level. Some say, you know, you can philosophically understand why this, why this would work, and therefore you can commit to it even if you're going to sacrifice part of your own turf or zone. Michael? <laughs> no, that's the whole point. <laughs> that's the whole point. There's just the conflict. The conflict just goes on and on and on. Get used to it is what we're... That's the major theme of my book. Get used to it. It's just there's no clear resolution in sight. Because the people who hold these beliefs really have good reasons to hold them, and therefore they're not going to give up these ideas very easily. Okay, thanks for helping me. You guys were amazing. I couldn't believe it. I mean...